You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. It's Academy Award weekend. This is my um, ceremony kind of thing. And the Academy Award goes to Sid Talk for... For... <laughs> Thor. For watching it well? I watched it very well. Thank you. Thank you. I have to tell you, I think that as time goes on, the Academy Awards, while I love the idea and I love the spectacle, I don't know if I'm as into it as I used to be. I'm into it as, I'm interested as in putting together or highlighting what somebody considers the best movies, right? But as time goes on, the older I get, the more I realize probably not the best movies of the whole year of the whole planet. We're just getting a tiny sampling because of whatever process and politics go on. You only just thing. realize that? Well, I mean, realize as in it makes it less shiny and pretty and more make, makes me more want to explore movies from all over the world, all different kinds. Um, it kind of highlights that for me more now than just being like, oh, Academy Awards, which I've always been my whole life. You know, big Academy Awards fan. Well, yeah, I am. I still am. Yeah. I'm yeah. not saying I'm not. I'm just saying it's different because I'm realizing there's a lot of shit we don't see. And then we focus on this as if it's it. And it's not it. One thing I did um, learn yesterday from an Academy Award, Academy voter is, can't remember which one it was, is that you don't actually vote for the best picture. You don't put go like, this is the best picture and you put it in the ballot envelope. You actually vote for, out of the best pictures, you vote for your top five. Um, and they do, there's some calculation that they do. Well, who, whichever movie gets the most votes would be the winner. It's it's, it's actually some kind of weird algorithm or something. It can't be, be an algorithm. Between, an the, uh, between the different ones that they pick. But, but it wouldn't pick. be. It'd be like, if you've got a thousand people and everybody picks their top five, then of that top five... They're going to be a pat. There's going to be a pattern, and this particular movie is going to get the most top fives. And if it's somebody's number three and somebody's number two, then it's just like whoever gets the most still wins. I think that's right. Yeah, a ruse to tell you you're not really voting, but you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you you can't just go. Oh yeah, I like Ebbing, Missouri movie. You have to actually. Go with the other Yeah, it's two. factored in with some other numbers. I al- another thing that um, I also saw a, an Academy voter say they didn't actually manage to get to see all the best pictures. Oh, I've heard that every year. Um, People say that. Oh, I don't even know that. I've heard it was good, so yeah. that's why I voted for. Well, yeah. So, so again, it kind of makes you go, eh, you know. Yes, and like we've said before, there's many movies that we've seen where we go, why isn't that in the best picture of Correct. the year? And why is that one? So yeah. But I still enjoy the I the like concept of it, you know, somewhat. And I do like that we then make an effort to see the movies and that just means we get to see more movies. So I like that part. All right. So Academy Award Weekend. Tomorrow night you'll be able to well, by the time you listen to this, you'll know who won the Academy Award. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And hopefully they got it right this year and announced the right movie. Yeah. So, or not. That's just just funny. Yeah, I don't think that will happen again. No. Unless somebody does it as a joke. Like, whoever's 
whoever has to go up this year to announce Correct. the best picture actually does it to be funny. So, uh, Saturday, March the 3rd, this is after the show number 520, we're a movie review podcast, we review movies. And this week's movie on Academy Award Weekend is not an Academy Award nominee, it is Thor Ragnarok, the latest in the Marvel movies. It's a 2017 movie, releases on Blu-ray on February the 27th. No, that is incorrect. It does not release on Blu-ray on February the 22nd. 7th. Your numbers are wrong. It releases on Blu-ray this upcoming... Tuesday, which would be March the 3rd. You can pick it up then. You can also pick it up digitally now. It's rated PG-13, and it's from our friends at Marvel and Disney, who sent us a copy to review. And Sidtart will give you the synopsis of Thor Ragnarok. Really? Really? You think I need to tell people what Thor Ragnarok is about? It's a superhero movie about Thor. And a Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Look it up. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's Thor. It's a Thor movie. Right. We meet Thor again and some more of his new friends and old friends. And there's big battles and there's some, you know, magic and somebody wants to dominate everybody. It's really not that big of a mystery. So nope. there you go. It's, um, so we've seen, we are, I am, um, I won't speak for you, <laughs> but I am a big fan of the Marvel things. Marvel Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe as they call it. I don't actually read comic books, generally. Um, I will if one catches my eye. But I did when I was a kid. Obviously, I read all these, you know, lots of different comic books as a kid. But I really enjoy the cinematic universe because it really is the comic books on the big screen. And they've all been good for me so far. I I don't really have a bad... Well, I tell a lie. Ang Lee's The Hulk. But I don't think that actually is in this cinematic universe. I think it was before it existed. It's pretty bad, that one, right? I don't remember uh, exactly how it was, but I remember not like being super disappointed. But in this Marvel cinematic universe, there hasn't been a bad movie for me. I've enjoyed every single one of them. I've also watched all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on TV. I enjoy that too. So I am probably biased. I'm a Marvel fan. I wouldn't say boy. Man. Fan man. I'm a Marvel that, fan. Oh wait, is that better? I don't think that's better. <laughs> <laughs> um, you enjoy the movies. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I really enjoy them. I enjoy them in the way, you know... I, because at the same time, you can watch a movie like Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri and be totally moved by that. You don't have a one end of the spectrum or the other. So, no. Yeah. So, yeah, what you get, what you get in with a Marvel movie, you know, if you see the trailer, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> it's kind of... And usually you'll be entertained for a couple of hours. And I can say that out of the three Thor movies that we've seen, Thor and Thor The Dark World and now Thor Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok is my favorite Thor movie almost instantly. Hmm. I um, like this one much better than the last two. Um, They've gone with a different tone for this movie. It's more Guardians of the Galaxy than it is Thor The Dark World. It is... Why is that better? Well... In this instance, for Thor, I think that this, the first movie had a lot of fun to it. They did play around with the fact that Thor had never been to Earth, and Earth was weird, and they made you know they did some fun. But then the second one got very serious, and I don't think the second one played as well as it could have. It was kind of odd, you know? Mm. Now, this one, they just... It's like they went the opposite of the second one. They just said, 
well, Guardians of the Galaxy is really, you know, that kind of movie is big. So they took it that way, like with more, way more humor and it's more comic booky. They're not trying to be like really realistic, if you get what I'm saying. Well, like but, I said, I think the idea is when it's Earth that is at danger, endangered, they take things a little bit more seriously. And when you're out in the galaxy, like Guardians of the Galaxy, it seems like they take a little more lighthearted approach. Yeah. I don't know if that's un- intentional, but that's how it feels like. But this is like super lighthearted approach. I mean, yes, there's there's dire consequences to the yeah. story and stuff, and but it it feels like a comic book. It's very, it's silly. It gets very silly. It it's very heroic. You get lots of hero moments in it. You introduce some new characters here, and lots of comedy. Yeah, lots of comedy, and I liked the visuals of this movie. It is like a neon, like. It's all crazy colors, and it's like you're looking at the panels of a comic book a lot of the time, right? There's a lot of those framed things where I said to you, oh, look at that, like where they're yeah. leaping in in slow motion. It's It looks like you're reading the panels of a comic book, which I think is what the Marvel movies are for, right? It's to bring a comic book to life, and that's what this is doing. Um, I thought it was to make uh, Tony Stark rich. Oh, to make Stan Lee uh, very rich. <laughs> Richer? Yeah. No, what's his name? Uh, Junior. Yeah. Downey Jr. Robert very, very, Downey very, Jr. very, very, very rich. Yeah, he, has, he is actually um, like a shareholder in Marvel. So even this movie that does not contain him makes was him some like money. Was it his idea to do this whole thing? Who's, whose idea was it? Because it's gone through some changes, but he was there at the beginning. It was, it's that Kevin Feige or whatever oh, he's called. Oh, yeah. 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 He, he is the guy who... Um, Oof. Then he's the probably whole... richer than, uh, yeah. He'd be like richer than you can possibly I'm be. I'm not yeah. opposed to getting rich from being, you know, creative and stuff. It's just, it's quite the racket if you think about it. We keep going back for more. Yeah. But, but you know, with Marvel, um, I feel like that they don't just cash in. They really try, like, to make something cool every time. I mean, we had Matt Damon, for goodness sake, you know? <laughs> yeah, Matt da- I didn't think I'd see Matt Damon in a uh, <laughs> okay. Marvel movie. Um, but he's he actually... he's got to be friends with somebody. That's still how that works. I yeah, I would say so. Um, so this is the story of Ragnarok. Uh, yeah, there's the. Um, is that as... part of like Thor's whole origin story? Is that by the time you get to the comics, this whole thing has happened already? Yeah, like uh, spoiler alert: Ragnarok is end of days for whatever it's called Asgard. Yeah. Uh, but no, this comes later in the comic books, like when they've kind of, you know, you know how comic books work. They they tell yeah. you a story, tell you a story, they tell it you again a few times, they they tell it you again, and then they have to come up with something. And people uh, back in the day when they were making when they were writing these comics, so people, you know, kids in the school ground were like, "I wonder what it'd be like if Thor fought the Hulk," like you said. I don't know if the kids made that up. No, I'm saying that that's where it, that's how it feels like. But I think that is that's the the comic book readers who were, you know, before the internet when these comics came out, are, are just saying what would happen, you know, and how do we have Thor and Hulk team um, fight each other? I hate to break it to you, but I doubt if that's what drove all of all of comics to to do those stories. I don't know. I'm just saying. yeah the the comic the whole there's been t- lots of interviews with Stanley and and Jack Kirby and. They 
went with like what the audience wanted or they went with what the times were telling them. Like when they made Black Panther, for instance, there was a lot of, you know, the movies like Shaft and all mm-hmm. those kind of movies were getting popular. They wanted something like that. They made Black Panther. They went along with, I mean, none of it's rocket science anyway, is it? We've said that. Yeah. The stories are very simple. Usually the origins of the characters are very simple. It's a Spider-Man. He gets bit by a spider. It's a, you know, it's... Superman, his planet got blown up. It's Thor. He already exists as a a mythology, a god. Like, we'll just take Thor and we'll just use him. Like, you know, it's... None of it is, like, super intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) It is... It's kind of like... it's. So you're not really a fan, man. (laughs) You would never say that. But it's not really, is it? Like when you think, you know, even when you go back and read those, when you go back and read those old comics, they're very. Oh, uh, you're preaching to the choir. You know what I say about it. Yeah. It's like the dumbest downed ideas, and yet we all respond to it, myself included. Because we all like a hero or a heroine. And we all hate the the guy who wants to just, or woman who wants to dominate everybody because of their own freaking ego. Yes. It's, a, it's uh, you could say, working on our base level. <laughs> so that's why we like it. And, you know, we still go and see these Marvel movies. How many years later? How, how long has this... It's been 10 years or more yeah. since it all started. Um, and, we, you know, they're still, they still make more money than most movies make. So we, uh, we're not tiring of them. So this uh, story, the Thor Ragnarok thing, it kind of goes all over. It goes around the galaxy, goes to Asgard, it goes to Earth, goes to Doctor Strange's weird place. It... um. It felt like a giant thing to me. What did, what did yeah, you think? Yeah, very epic. Like a... Um, epic and then really all it boils down to is like two people, or as guardians or whatever the hell they are, uh, just standing there fighting basically on a street, but it happens to be a rainbow that takes you to other dimensions. But it's just like when they brought the Winter Soldier, and you're like, oh, and then it's just those two fighting on the street. And you're like, there's cars over there, and there's a bridge over there, and it's just two guys beating the crap out of each other. It's very, very low key. They the add a lot of elements. Very to low it. key. Is that a pun? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they add a lot of stuff. A big giant dog and a Hulk and a thing and a bunch of people and spaceships. I get that. It's yet it all boils down to two people punching each other in the face, throwing knives at each other, all that kind of stuff, and then it all the scale drops way down. It doesn't get. Huge. I mean, it does ultimately, but I'm always like, okay, this is it. This is how we're gonna. I mean, play. Do we all just love to watch a fist fight? Because you know my opinion on fights. It gets really boring really fast. All superhero movies um, generally end with a fight between two, the bad and the good. Right. Um, the only one to book the train completely was a uh, Doctor Strange. Do you remember the? There was a boss fight at the end, but it was done. Using intelligence and not actually fighting, remember? True. And it was very different, that one. That's the only one that has booked a trend of every other one. It ends up, it's either a street, they're on a spaceship, or... Um, planets. I mean, plan- yeah. there are there are endless possibilities, but it's, yeah, we get that a lot. You know, yeah. I, you know, Iron Man is fighting against the Hulk, or whatever it is. It's always a... A, a fight. I mean, ultimately, that's it. It's man versus man, right? Or it could be alien versus alien, but that's the kind of stories we all seem to... F- we The fist fight is the ultimate, like, you know, 
Yeah. It's like cheating if you use all of your tools. If you just get down to it and punch each other. Then now this... Um, whoever Th- wins, it's more legitimate. Thor Ragnarok is uh, the Marvel movie. Aside from Guardians of the Galaxy, it's just dripping in style. It's like a mm-hmm. different... It's it's everything, every frame is like... It's it's probably 99% CGI, the background's right. I mean... Looks like it. Um, it's very CG heavy. But it is dripping in colour. It's never boring to look at. There's some really cool things in the movie, like Jeff Goldblum's spaceship, which is the most awesome spaceship I've yes. seen in a Marvel film. <laughs> um, it's really awesome. The, his place, that junk planet, that reminded me I of something. I was like, whoa, I love this. Yeah, it reminded me like of something from either like The Fifth Element or Star Wars even. It felt Star Wars-ish, like somewhere that they'd come across in there. Or Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, eh, I wouldn't compared to Star Wars. Like, I don't think Star Wars sets the bar for anything. Unfortunately, it also reminded me of Walking Dead junkyard people. So (laughs) you get the combination of good and bad reminders. There was, uh, yeah, the Jeff Goldblum's character's um, place, like his arena kind of place was really, you know, it just has really inventive, interesting places that they go to. You know, and when Asgard is, spoilers, there's some spoilers here. (laughs) Asgard gets messed up a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> so you get to see Asgard. Uh, you know, you've seen beautiful Asgard a couple of times now in the different movies. You get to see beautiful Asgard again, but you also get to see fiery, messy um, Asgard too, which I really enjoyed seeing. I mean, I don't want them to trash Asgard completely. It seems like a... Uh, well, then you just watched the wrong movie. <laughs> well, you know, it's a comic book movie. No, any- that's a done... You're not paying attention. Uh, yeah, I saw this movie. Yeah. Um, no, it is not. Nothing is a done deal in a comic book movie because they can do anything in a comic book movie, and they often do. They can re- they can reverse anything. They can be. I don't think they can reverse. A that. superhero can appear with a power that can mend a planet. Anything can happen. Like so, there's nothing. I think you're just special thinking. There's nothing final in a. If you kill off a main character, they can always come back because and they always do because um, DC. You know what they they think that we think Superman's dead, as if. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as if. So you know, never. Whatever happens in a superhero movie, it, it's never the end for something. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it was really funny. I th- I don't think it went over the top with funniness. Sometimes that really bugs me, but it just committed right from the beginning. This is a silly. It's silly. Yeah, if they had gone middle of the road, I would have been more irritated. It does irritate me a little bit, but overall, I was like, yeah, I can get into this. Yeah, I mean, it starts with, like, Thor just wisecracking, like, a lot. And I was like, oh, you know, it's this is either just this scene, and then it gets serious, but they never really get serious. It's always got, like, a tongue-in-cheek thing going on. I didn't mind that at all. I know some people, it could irritate them if they're looking for, like, serious... Yeah, and if you take it that direction to start with, that's awesome as well. Because I like the series, because you're talking about whole worlds, entire populations of whatever aliens are on that planet being destroyed by some asshole who just wants to bring brimstone and fire, whatever. Whatever the thing is for the villain, right? So it's terrible. Like, it's horrible. It's like everyone's worst nightmare is someone coming and invading their planet and taking them over or blowing them up. So it's terrible. However, if you approach it dark and grim to start with don't tell me any jokes right and if you start with the jokes 
keep on with the jokes. Like just I, that balance when someone's right in the middle, it's just yeah, it's not right. Because we just both. watched Marvel's The Punisher. That yeah. is not a jokey <laughs> show. No jokes in that show. That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Once you're along for that ride, it's a dark tone. I can accept it. It's dark. Yeah. I mean, there's one or two little jokes, but it's very, very few and far between because that's not what it's about. And when it happens, it's almost like you're like, oh, yeah, I need a moment. Yeah. I need a moment to recover from whatever terrible thing I just saw. But this movie, it takes it and just runs with it. Like, we're funny. We're, you know, we're similar to Guardians of the Galaxy in tone, if not the same. No, not the same. Different, very different. I mean, it doesn't do like the like like Star Lord's a bit of a wisecracking one liner kind of guy, isn't he? It doesn't yeah, really it's do not that. the same. Like you don't, I don't feel like I'm watching something made by the same people or anything. But I understand the idea. But it is very funny. There was there was often moments of like, oh wow, this is really funny. Like like it's cleverly written. Or, you know, when uh, I say it's not clever. There's some pretty clever, funny stuff. I thought. Mostly from the director playing that Rocky guy. Yeah, I don't know if it's clever, but we might have a different definition. Yeah. I get what you're saying. So um, the cast, uh, yeah, I, I think we can say overall, for me anyway, I don't can't talk for you, the movie itself, I really, really enjoyed it. It's a fun Marvel movie. Um, if yes. If you've I seen other though. Marvel movies and you are a fan of superheroes, it's, a, it's another superhero movie. They're not. Like reinventing, really? No, but it's quality because Marvel always, you know, deliver. I think in that way. So let's go on to the cast and what a cast it is. Chris Hemsworth returns as Thor. What do you think of this this man as Thor? Uh, he's fine. I let's mean, see. <laughs> I'm not. You know me. I'm like. He got really pumped in this one. It looked like. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's he does the thing. He does what needs to be done. He's semi funny and he's powerful and he gets mad when he's supposed to get mad and i don't know i i'm pretty neutral i feel like it's not one of those roles that you know it's it's owned by him i don't feel like that at all you mean like like a lot robert of, downey jr like tony stark is robert downey jr yeah because right? he's a smart ass yeah. and he just we well we've known him though most of his life's not known him but but he owns that thing doesn't he he, he does and there's a very specific thing about it that you you know who knows what it would be like with someone else but with thor i don't know i don't feel like it's you know do you prefer long hair thor or short hair thor no preference couldn't give a shit i thought he i i thought dick's display i was like what's the big deal having long hair hair. myself i thought he looked really cool with short hair (laughs) i was thinking oh no don't cut his hair and i'm gonna cut his hair oh my god why do you care i was like no he looks cool with short hair um what is really cool about this movie is um it's a big deal when they cut thor's hair in the comics yeah and in the movie, they cut Thor's hair and make him look cool. It's not. It is not a big deal. But to the me. guy who cuts his hair. <laughs> now that is the cool. That is um uh, interesting thing. And he even says, doesn't he, a creepy uh, old man? Yeah. When when Hulk says, "What happened to your hair?" Yeah. Well, some the guy who cuts his hair. It's not hard to guess who who it is. But no. there you go. Um, Tom Hiddleston playing Loki again. Didn't Loki die in the last movie? Well, like you said. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> He's a trickster. Yep. So uh, Tom Hiddleston. He's no. fine. I he, mean, he's he's more specific, I think, to the Loki thing. Because he's kind of ornery looking and he's very specific. Because you don't know if he's trying to be good or bad. Thor, the one thing I can say about Helmsworth is he takes on the, well, 
I'm just good and I'm here to do good and I'm here to save everybody kind of thing. And he does that well, as does Hiddleston with the I'm not too sure right this minute if you are being a complete a-hole or you are being good, like trying to make amends and change your ways or whatever. But no, I like him. The, uh, the thing with Loki, though, is never trust Loki. That is the comic book uh, mantra for him. Mm-hmm. Even if you feel, oh, I've, he's turned a corner. No, he has not turned. Never turned a corner. Maybe for a few minutes, but next time... get one thing thinking, done, he's just getting it done <laughs> so that the next time he can be the bad guy. Yeah, never trust Loki. That is the key. Kate Blanchett is the new um, thing here. as She plays Thor and Loki's sister, Hela, and she is awesome. I Very say. awesome, yeah. I, like she, the, I love her visual of her, how she looks. It is awesome. It's um, from the moment she appears... It's just, it's like a devil or something. It's weird. Like it's, it's, and she's so confident about it. Well, never mind. We had like, you know, the guy on fire did the, at the beginning. Yes. As sort of devilish. And she's called Hela. Correct. Um, <laughs> well, she but, is the goddess of death. Yeah, she is. And she just looks awesome. She has this CGI headdress kind of thing that looks like a spider coming out of her head or something. Mm-hmm. She is, um, she plays it really well. You know, she's got that masterful kind of. You listen to what she's saying when she's talking. She Absolutely. is great. Really liked her. I, Idris Elba is back as uh, Heimdall. What do you think of Idris Elba? We've talked about him quite a bit recently. Yeah, the character I kind I get, I guess, because I'm not 100% sure if he's supposed to be... Is he, like, super old or something? Or is he just has he been there since the beginning of time? I don't quite understand his overall commitment to this whole deal. So, maybe I wasn't paying attention in the first couple of Thors to He had been there since important. the beginning of time. Hmm, okay. And he's the gatekeeper guy, just... That I get, but, I mean, why is he still important? Just because everybody thinks he's cool and he's blind, but he can see everything in the universe. He's got his own superpower. No one seems to really care. <laughs> he never gets to... Even though they, they give him his own little kind of side story in this movie, he never really gets to be... Thor or somebody like that, does he? Because he is really crucial to what's going on, generally. Correct. But he, they kind of stick him off in the side somewhere. And there is a little subplot involving him that goes on, but uh, it really... It's not really a subplot. It's the whole movie. Yeah, well, I mean, what I mean is it cuts away to him um, maybe two or three times. It, it gives him more screen time than he generally has. But I don't really think it was great, like his little story. It wasn't a little story. It was the whole story. It was the whole story, but I'm saying it's the, the whole scenes point of with the him movie. in. I don't. I, yeah, I understand that. But the scenes with him in, clearly not. It was just him like herding the people together and seeing stuff. Didn't really. But it's huge. It's like the the whole point of getting to the end yeah. of this movie. So his part is humongous. It's just that it wasn't like da da da. Yeah, you know? he needs that kind. I, I would like him to have that kind of moment. I'm guessing. I, I'm saying like um. Like, Loki even has a moment like that in this. Thor obviously does. Um, Jeff Goldblum plays the Grandmaster. Now, in the comics, the Grandmaster is the brother. Uh, He will be in this universe, too, even though it's not explained here. He's the brother of the Collector, who the Collector is um, Benicio del Toro in Guardians of the Galaxy. And Jeff Goldblum's got this more... He's a more flamboyant than his brother, I guess, wouldn't you say? Oh, no, I think they're pretty equal. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but this one's real out there. Like he's, I think they're equal. Whereas the collector kind of just kind of mumbles to himself, but he collects a lot of shit. That's just Benicio del Toro. Yeah, maybe mumbly. 
What do you think of Jeff Goldblum? He was better than I've seen him in a long time. And I love I've always loved Jeff Goldblum. And this was better than I think yeah. he has been. I mean he's really hum- like it's it's a crazy totally character. Totally hamming it up. Yeah. But it's he, funny. It's like he's in he's trying to really be this guy, you know, which I think is funny. And here's another great new addition. Uh Tessa Thompson plays Valkyrie. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, like like along with Kate Blanchett, she's a real awesome female. I mean, from Norse mythology and all that, you know the Valkyries are the, the no. band. I know nothing of any you didn't of that. Do the, you didn't do the, the nope. gods and all that, the Odin and all that no, in school. No, because it was mythology, I guess. Yeah, we did it still, though. In I can't remember what class we did it in. One of the humanities or something like that. But, uh, the, yeah, that... You know that actual really awesome scene, which I wish there was more of in this movie, but they, they show you the scene where she where they're fighting against yeah. Hella and they're on their horses coming in and it just looked awesome, like a painting. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's really just a, like a still kind of flashback screen that you see. But yeah, she's a, a Valkyrie, like a, you know, one of the female warriors, the last female warrior, I guess. And uh, she is awesome, I have to say. They even give her a moment where she gets her old outfit back and, you know, I, f- I don't think it'll be the last we see of her either, do you? Didn't seem like it. Mark Ruffalo returns as uh, Dr. Banner and the Hulk. Um, what do you think of, first off, the Hulk? Uh, um, you really want to know? What do you think? I think you think the Hulk's got bad CGI. I think the Hulk has bad CGI. And it's really boring. Like, I don't care about the Hulk anymore. And he just acted really weird when he was Banner, which he wasn't like that before. So I don't really get why. He'd been in the Hulk for two years, though. I don't, it doesn't matter. They they took him from the being real serious and moody to being just goofy and weird and anxiety-ridden. And it was like... It, it's the same guy. It's just a different guy. It doesn't make any sense. And I don't care about the Hulk anyway. I think it's just a weird... Because I'm of the TV Lou Ferrigno Hulk. Not that I like Lou Ferrigno. I think he's a bit of a dick now. But old school TV where the Hulk is not this big giant leaping thing. He's just a big dude and beat the, the crap out of everything. The giant leaping thing is is the... the, the this Hulk is the exact comic book Hulk. I don't care. Um, I, I like the CG <laughs> on this Hulk. I like how you can see... I said Ruffalo's face, just... Yeah. I, I like how you can... But I still think it looked bad. No, I really like it. I like the the big arena fight that they had, uh, him and Thor. You can like it, and I can still think it looks bad. Yeah, exactly. And uh, him, the big arena fight him and Thor had was awesome, I thought. Like, um, it's just like this giant fight. It's the... It's just what, you know... It's It was in the trailer, that a bit of that fight. It's kind of what you come to this movie for. You want to see Thor and Hulk kicking each other's ass. Well, maybe you don't. No. I do. <laughs> no. Um, don't care. Anthony Hopkins reprises his role as Odin. I think you think, uh, what, like he's not really being Anthony Hopkins. Uh, you know what I mean? You think. You think I think. I mean, what's he doing, really? He's just. He's just, he's just getting a massive paycheck from Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> and he would probably say the same. Yeah, he probably would, actually. He, he, he has no bones about that, does he? He said, no. He'll say that. Um, yeah, that's what he do. He's not really in many. He's not in much of it. He's in it at the beginning. Um, there's a scene where he's uh, watching a nice little play about his sons. <laughs> and his sons are played by Matt Damon and that guy from 
I can't remember the other guy's I name. I wasn't sure who it was. It was the guy from, like, like an Aust- but Sam Neill from um, Jurassic Park. No, that was the other guy. Who was the guy who was playing um, his Thor? Oh, That yeah. one's the one I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't actually know. No. Yeah, I knew it was Sam Neill. It was this little play, and it's quite weird. And <laughs> Well, it's like, apparently, like in Roman times or yeah. whatever, that the king or whoever's in charge would have plays made about their enemies or about legends to make them look better. And this was about how great Loki was. Yeah, Game of Thrones did a uh, did it as well. Correct, remember. correct. Um, but it's pretty fun in this movie. And finally, Benedict Cumberbatch returns as Doctor Strange. You know, if you like Doctor Strange, and I really did like that movie, Doctor Strange, it's yeah. fun. Um, it's like a, a tiny little piece of that movie. Just in, it's, He's not in it long, but it's enough for me to think. Doctor Strange is not to be messed with. Yeah, so why don't they take him along? That's what I, I was thinking. I don't think he wanted to. I don't think. <laughs> I know. Like, if you're going to go fight this big battle, shouldn't you take like the baddest mofo that you can find? If anybody can, like Doctor Strange, can actually fix anything. That's what I was thinking. Like he is like a story breaker almost. Like yeah, like you can't. <laughs> I mean, someone almost defeated him, right? Because right. But yeah. But with what he can do, like nothing can really happen. Because he can just mess, he can just reverse stuff. I mean, he can do any. He can open portals in time, and he can. It's a bit crazy, really. So I think they have to use him sparingly. Otherwise, they'll. There's no peril anymore. You know. True. He could just be the guy who saves everybody <laughs> yeah. all the time. It doesn't really matter what happens. Like we've got Doctor Strange, he'll sort it but out. But we have Doctor Who, and of course, they miss with the timey wimey stuff. Yeah. So you know, when you because you would think a Time Lord could just fix everything all the time, but it doesn't always work that way. So this is directed by Taika Watiti. He is the uh, guy responsible for Flight of the Concords with uh, our two friends. And uh, he did that movie called Eagle vs. Shark, which is awesome. It is really funny. Yeah. And he was in the movie and directed What We Do in the Shadows, which was also awesome. It's a, it's, I think it's underrated and not many people saw it. But it's a, it's kind of like... Like one, like the way the office is presented to you, like that little like documentary. It's following. like making fun of the office, essentially. Yeah, but about vampires, but about these vampires who live in just a modern day like Australia, and they just live in an apartment, and it just follows them on their day to day lives. Which being vampires is kind of funny and horrific at the same time. It's just very funny and really off the wall, and that's what this guy is. He actually plays a character in this movie. Um like a CGI rock guy, and he's got a really cool voice. But um, what do you think of this director? CGI rock guy, you just go over Krog like he's nothing. Yeah. He's one of the funniest He's very things. funny. I'm really hoping that the... <laughs> and I don't even like goofy shit half the time, most of the time. And I thought, I was like, oh yeah, I like that guy. I like him better than Groot, to be honest. I mean, Groot doesn't say anything, so... <laughs> but, Groot, <laughs> but Groot's a CGI but we're comparing... Thing. Yeah. Weird creature well, made out of something natural, rock versus tree. Groot says Groot, I am Groot, I am Groot. And he does cool stuff. But this guy doesn't do anything cool. He just says cool stuff. Yeah, he's just funny. If you notice, he doesn't do much. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But he is very funny. <laughs> that's the funny that. thing. He's made out of rock, mate. I'm right, made out of rock, yeah. As long as you don't... What did he say? He said, should I be afraid? He goes, not unless you're made out of scissors. Yeah. There's a little rock paper scissor job for you there. The Fight of the Concord's humor. Is <laughs> yeah. just what this thing is. Like it's if, wacky. Yeah. If you find Flight of the Concords funny, what comes out of this guy's 
head is just that. Like, kind of stream um, of consciousness almost. Yeah. Um, I like this director. I liked him. He's, he's actually an actor. He was in Flight of the Concords. He was in What We Do in the Shadows. He was in Eagle vs. Shaq. Um, he's just wacky. He's, you know. But he seems to have a command of things. Otherwise, this movie wouldn't be so substantial. Yeah, he does. Um, and it's he's never done anything like this. I was looking at what he'd done like, and he's done small movies like What We Do in the Shadows. And he, you know, and then all of a sudden, Thor Ragnarok. So it's crazy, isn't it, how that happens sometimes? Because it's like, you know, how does that happen? Is it just somebody goes, have you seen that What We Do in the Shadows? That guy is awesome. I'd love that energy in our movie. Nah, I think there's more moving and shaking going on than that. He did a really good job here, though. I mean, he's in the movie. When you see him on set in the extras on this disc, he is like like a live wire, it seems. Like he's all over the place. He's yeah. keep, keeping anybody under control. He's giving them ideas. Um, I've, excellent. I'd like him to do the next one. Whatever the next Thor movie <laughs> is. So um, extras uh, on this Blu-ray disc are, and there are a few. You get some deleted scenes, a gag reel. You get getting in touch with your inner Thor. Unstoppable Women, Hela and Valkyrie, Finding Korg. You also get an uh, exclusive short and uh, director's commentary, which I'll definitely listen to because that guy is hilarious. I'm sure that commentary is funny. Um, so yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. It's called the Cinematic Universe Edition. This is like the ultimate edition of this um, Blu-ray you get, where you get everything. Um, you know when I used to complain that they didn't have... Those shorts anymore. What were they called, the shorts? Yeah. No, one shots. Know. Yeah. There is one on this one, and we missed it. Ah. It's called Team Daryl. And it says, Team Daryl short. With Thor gone, Daryl runs an ad for a new roommate. I'm trying to think who Daryl is. Somebody Thor lives with? Not sure. But anyway, there's a, one of those on there. So, um, in conclusion, it's another Marvel movie. It's giant. It's a big blockbuster. You already probably know whether you like Marvel movies or not. And you probably yeah. already either seen it or are going to pick this up on Tuesday. Because, you know, that's the audience. They've got a huge audience, like Star Wars does. And uh, I think they're very loyal. So um, you probably don't need me to tell you whether, you, whether I, you like it or not. They don't need you to ever tell them whether <laughs> they're going to like it. But that seems to be your thing. But for me, as a Marvel fan, I recommend this one. I had a lot of fun. On the, on the cover, when they have those weird little movie quotes, it says, the most fun you'll ever have at a Marvel movie. So what they're saying there is, all the ones <laughs> next, all the newer ones, are never going to be as much fun as this. No, what they're saying is all the old ones are really boring. They're also saying that too. And they're also saying any future movies are never, this one is the most fun. All the rest are never going to be as fun. So... This is it. This is the ultimate peak of Marvel movies. Is it? Don't ever care, bother watching anymore. Yeah, don't, you don't need to see any... If you've not seen some of the old ones, you don't need to see them. You don't need to see the new ones. So, that's straight from the horse's mouth. And the horse is Peter Travers from Rolling Stone magazine. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I recommend it uh, as a Marvel fan. And Sid Talk recommends it too. I'll just speak for her. Mm, I don't recommend anything. I think you just watch it and decide for yourself. Next week, we'll be, we'll be in the wake of the Academy Awards, and we will be reviewing one of the Best Picture nominees, which will be I, Tonya. We'll be looking at that next week. Uh, all the Academy Award 
nominated movies tend to come out in the next two or three weeks because they like to cash in on people watching the awards ceremony. So movie recommendations this week. I am going with Flight of the Concords, and it is actually coming back to HBO this year sometime uh, for a third... I don't know if it's a third season or it's some specials because uh, it's not actually been confirmed properly yet, but they are coming back to HBO sometime this year. Awesome TV show. The director of this movie was responsible for it mainly, and it is very, very funny. Also, what we do in The Shadows, the vampire movie I mentioned earlier, it's not really a horror vampire movie, it's a comedy vampire movie, but it is very, very funny and really well done. So what are your uh, recommendations? Okay, I was I was listening to you, and I was prepared to switch over to my other tab, which has my recommendations, and a Facebook meme popped up in front of me, and I can't help it. Sometimes I hate them. Most of the time, I think that I just grill over, but this one's pretty funny. Don't run with bagpipes. You could put out an eye, or worse yet, get killed. <laughs> because you're from the country, you're from, like, rural America like me. Right. Or maybe some other places. You don't say killed. You said kilt. He got kilt on the tractor. Oh, so that's why so I, was, I was like, what are you on about? <laughs> I don't get it. Kilt? You know kilt? Like yeah. a Scottish kilt? Yeah, I know what a kilt is. But okay. I thought you said so kilt. So you can put out an eye or get killed. <laughs> Didn't. Somebody out there, you have to think it's funny, at least one of you, just, to, just so I know and the universe will tell me that you thought it was funny. And on with my recommendations. Mine are Ragnarok. Oh. But it's from 2013. It's actually a Norwegian movie called Ragnarok. You've seen this. I have. I watched it last Halloween season. Oh, yes, you did. It was on my, um, yes. you know. So it is, uh, it does have subtitles because it's from Nor- Norway. But it is like just, a, it's not a superhero-y thing. It's just a dude who's kind of like, he's sort of a mm, Tomb Raider hunter kind of, per- like always on the search for this thing, like the legend of Ragnarok, you know, but it's a failed thing and... You know, his dad, whatever, you know. It's on Netflix, I believe. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if it still is, but it was in October of last year. But um, I really liked it. I mean, it's a little, it's not great, but I enjoyed it. And uh, it was interesting. The parallel, there's no parallel here. <laughs> there's like no comparison. But <laughs> it's about the same mythology. And uh, my other one is just Hellboy. I mean, I know it's underrated. For the superhero people, I would say Hellboy slash The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And I am not one to say remake movies, but if somebody out there wants to remake or make a new League of Extraordinary Gentlemen without Sean, Sean Connery, um, I'd be happy with that. Find I will, me some um, other odd combination of people who have super weird powers and abilities in the world that is all just kind of on the hush-hush, and they have to save the world for once. Because I really enjoyed that one. If I look at it now, it probably had bad CGI, but I don't care. I will tell you that they're remaking Hellboy. It's coming up very okay. soon. Okay, remaking? Yeah, um, like a new, like a reboot, like a different. Forget those two. Oh no, forget those two fine. existed. Uh, we there's just a new. Continue it, but no. whatever. Um, I actually uh, about the Hellboy movie. I thought Hellboy two was the better was the best one. I really really liked that one with the golden weird guy nah. who's the baddie. I like me. I like origin stories. But um, yeah, Hellboy is being redone. Um, I can't remember who's playing Hellboy, but uh, when I heard who it was, and I forgot now because it was a while ago, I was like, oh yeah, that seems seems right. But it's obviously not. Who who plays Hellboy? What's that guy called? The Beast. <laughs> yeah. Ron like something. Ron Perlman. Correct. Yeah, it's not Ron Perlman. No. You know, Beauty and the Beast from the 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Anybody? Yeah, yeah. Anybody? anybody? He was the Beast. 
the on TV show. Let's not remake that one. But then again, that could be an interesting one. Beauty and the Beast. The guy who lives in the sewer. I don't know if I'm into it. With, uh, you know, what's her face from Terminator? Linda Hamilton. Correct. Yes. I never really watched it. Maybe one or two episodes when it was on. But I never got into it. But I did like the Disney Beauty and the Beast. So, um, yeah, that's our recommendations. Games and a Scully stuff. I've just been playing more Metal Gear Survive. I've actually got like halfway through the game and got to the next map. So the first one is like the desert and the second one is the jungle. The jungle one is slightly annoying to me because there are they introduce a enemy that is a plant that you can't tell where it is because you're in a jungle. So like there's a plant that jumps up out of the ground and jumps <laughs> on you and knocks you over. It's really irritating because all the jungle is plants. So how are you you can't tell that they're there, there's no clue. So you do get jumped on a lot. And they knock you over, and then you have to stand back up and stab them. It's kind of an irritating process. So hopefully they don't do that a lot, because it might get on my nerves. But yeah, I'm about halfway through. I'm re- still really enjoying it. I like collecting all the cool stuff, and f- I, I didn't actually know there was a second map. So that was a big surprise for me. And the other thing, I've not been playing any more games. Um, I actually f- played a bit more Lone Echo on the uh, VR, but I've not finished it yet. But uh, we did watch one of the Best Picture nominees this week. We're not going to be reviewing this one, so we watched it. And it's um, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And Sid Todd will give you a quick cast. Uh, no. Not synopsis, but what she thought of it. <laughs> I loved it. Is that quick enough? Yeah, it's a bit too quick. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was in. Is this... It's, I was just in it, and there was no ripping me away from it. It was like I was woven into the story and the people and the woman and... That was it. I was locked in. And it was moving and just watch it and decide for yourself. It's actually quite funny. It's got funniness. Yeah. And it's got gut-wrenchingness as well. Really dark. Also really funny. Um, There was some really funny parts, I thought. I was was expecting it to be like super serious, like... Well, it is really serious. It is, but I was... Don't pretend like it's a comedy. But like a Coen Brothers movie with that dark, like Barton Fink or Fargo even. Not quite like that, no. It's got that kind of... um, I think that's correct. Like No Country for Old Men. No. It's got that kind of dark sense of humor. Like, it, it almost goes silly in some points. Silly? Yeah, like, like the guy with the burning thing. It, it, it's kind of like really like over the top, you know? Okay. In that weird, like kind of hyper real kind of thing. It's not, it's not, it's kind you kind of know it. Like Pulp Fiction, for instance. It's, it's sometimes a little bit too much, right? For real life. Pulp Fiction's always weird though. It's never just No, not up. always weird. We just disagree on this because I don't think it's that weird or that funny or that but dark comedy or anything. It's just, it's got comedy like life has and it's got some terribleness that overrides the comedy. But it's just observational about like mixing. You can't, you know, the heaviness with the like, the absurdity. It's more absurd at times than funny. Yeah. Well, I, I just found some really funny moments. Um, yeah, but it's nothing like um, those other movies that you mentioned, so. Well, it is to me. It's, a, it's very Coen Brothers to me. But very Fargo. Actually. Huh? But it isn't actually. Uh, well, it is. <laughs> no, it isn't. I I'm mean, saying, that's not accurate. I'm saying, for me, like, um, I, if it's got 
shades of Fargo to it because Fargo is dealing with a very serious thing, yet it's quite funny throughout. It's full of jokes. It's full of... I mean, they're not like jokes like da-da jokes, but it's it's quite clearly funny, right? Um, yeah, but it's not the same type, but... I mean, this one's slight, slightly um, less of the jokes. Correct, But a it lot still less. has a bit of the absurd stuff. It's not really jokes. It's just that people behave in ways that, that is, is counter. It's like a the tension of the moment versus the behavior or the thing the person's saying. Like, and if you want me to use big words and shit from my intellectual days, <laughs> you know, it's a juxtaposition of like what we expect from a serious gut-wrenching moment and what they lay on top of it to be like, here's how absurd it all is anyway. And here's the terrible thing. But on top of it is this other, like, it's not comedy. It's just... Black comedy, I would I don't call. even think it's black comedy. People have called it that. I disagree. Right. I would definitely call it that. You but would, because other people have. I no, I would. I, that, that's straight off. I made my own mind up, and I think it's a black <laughs> comedy. Because it, it reminds me of Fargo. And Fargo, the TV show especially, it deals with... All of them deal with a horrible thing, like a murder or something bad. But then the characters surrounding it are quirky and often funny. You know? And that's how this came off to me. Um, I like it better than Get Out. I'm trying to think of the other best picture ones I've seen. Mm. If I was having to, if I had to vote on the ones that I've seen already. <laughs> um, I think I like Dunkirk a shade better mm. for me. And uh, Darkest Hour, I like Ebbing, Missouri better than Darkest Hour. Even though I really like Darkest Hour, you know? So... These are a different kind of reaction, yeah. is what I would say, yeah. definitely. But they've all been good quality, what, what I've seen of the best pictures so far. But Get Out is still a bit of an anomaly to me. I, I an understand. Anomaly because people have responded so positively? Yeah, because we saw it, it seems like, it almost seems like it was two years ago when we saw it. Because it we saw it very early last year. And um, it, I liked it at the time. But I wouldn't, if you would have said, do you think this would be up for an Oscar? I would be like, no. It's a horror film with a strange twist. But I don't Get think. Get Out was May 20th. It was like half a, it was middle oh, of the year. Right. Almost. But I don't think, I never, I never felt like it had amazing acting in it or like it was super well put together. You know? Yeah. It just came across as like. It didn't take all your boxes. No, you know, like Split. It was almost like the same quality as Split. And Split, is I liked it, but it is pretty trashy, right? I mean, it's not like super well made or anything like that. So yeah, that's the one that sticks out for me is, what is happening with that one? (laughs) Watch that be the one that wins everything. (laughs) And we'd be like, oh. It doesn't mean it's good. No, it doesn't. It just means it's the popular vote. This is one of my issues with the Academy Awards or any awards thing based on art or anything subjective. Um, is that you can't ask 10 people and get the same react. It's not quantifiable. And so if everybody just loves Get Out because it's controversial and it's about race and it's about the idea of subjugating other humans for someone's purposes or for greed, then a lot of people are going to jump on the wagon and go, well, yeah, that's awesome. And that doesn't make it good. It doesn't make it quality. Yeah, I um, I agree with that. Yeah, so winning won't mean that it was good. No. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it doesn't mean that. No. Um, 
It's kind of a reflection sometimes of just of the moment and what people are, you know, yeah, digging on. But um, last year with Moonlight one, I actually, even though I, re- I super love La La Land as well, I believe those two movies there up at the were um, very worthy, you know. Worthy, but again, you didn't. We didn't see every movie, so there could have been movies out there that were ten times as good. Right, I think we saw all the best pictures last year. I'm talking. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about all. Oh, of the all movies. <laughs> yeah, like you know. Well, the best ones got picked. Nah, we don't know that. No, that's reality. So, um, yeah. Well, but we can only account for what the Oscars choose for us to be the best movie. No, we, no. We don't. That's the fallacy. No, I mean, when we watch the Oscars, we can't go, nah, Thor Ragnarok's the best movie. Because we can say that. It's no, not I mean, we, to them. It, it can't be in the category because it won't be. Right? I'm not saying from the Academy of Arts and Sciences, but for us, it doesn't mean that's the best movie of the year. It means no. that a group of people have decided that. That's, that's their measure. It doesn't apply to all of us. The best picture nominee that I am most excited about seeing is Paul Thomas Anderson's <laughs> Phantom Thread, but I don't think it comes out till the end of April on Blu-ray. So um, it's going to be a while. But yeah, I love Paul Thomas Anderson and I'll watch anything that he does. You will. You did not love everything. Don't lie. I love him. I did not love Inherent Vice. You did not. I need to watch it again. I I believe I could like it. (laughs) But the day I watched it, um, it didn't really do much for me. When you have to really, really try. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah, that's probably, yeah. But I mean... I'll definitely give it another shot at some point. But yeah, that is my least favorite for sure. So um, what is for dinner? Tonight's going to be eggs, beans, and toast. Yeah, I'm really hungry. My stomach's rumbling. All right. Eggs, beans, and toast sounds perfect. Excellent. Excellent. Vegetarian food. Yeah, we're not vegan, so we still eat the eggs. Um, Um, Also in the news this week, um, Mr. Kevin Smith, who I'm a big fan of, had a big heart attack. And uh, was pretty close to dying. Sounds like it. And now he is—he got rushed to hospital. He's a lot better, and he's becoming a uh, vegan vegetarian. Uh, vegetarian. Well, he—he he said vegan in one post. Yeah, that was said, just joking. I should, maybe I should become vegan. Yeah. I was joking. But um, I mean, he had that—he had the widow maker heart attack. What they call it, the doctors—the one that your whole like—is it your aorta or your some? The one that they put a stem in there. Clogged artery, basically, is what's Like, completely out. clogged at yeah. 90-odd percent or something. Like it, like and let's point, point out, you're not just a fan. You used Kevin Smith movies as a litmus test for me. Yeah. When we met on the internet 150 years ago, before it was like the internet. You give me a list of movies I needed to watch. Because they're your favorite movies. And three of those were Kevin Smith movies. True. Okay, Clerks, Chasing Amy... And Mall Rats. Mall Rats. Now, I love Kevin Smith's early movies really a lot. Like, I still love them to this day. If we popped on Clerks now, I would have a thoroughly Yeah, fun we should time. watch it. Yeah. We should tell him we're watching it, like, in honor of him. Um, we haven't watched it in a long time. I mean, he's... And, and I love Jersey Girl, which is a movie that people don't like from him. Controversial. I think it's really cute, and I really like it. Um, I do not like... I, I love Dogma. It's very of its time. I think it's hard to rewatch and... Um, you know, it'd be the same. Correct. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back is weak for me. I, d- I don't love that one. I agree. Um, Tusk is awful. Yoga Hoses I didn't even bother watching. because Zach I saw the- and Mary make a porno, not great. No. I saw the trailer for Yoga Hoses and was like, eh, I don't even think I want to watch that one. 
Um, what was the other one that was pretty bad? Zach, Zach and Mary make a porno. Cop Out. Oh, yeah. Do we count that as a Kevin Smith movie? It's an absolutely a Kevin Smith movie, yeah. I don't think we do. He it wasn't that. really a Kevin Smith movie. He didn't write it or anything. He just made it. So yeah. I don't count that. He um he directs episodes of Supergirl, which I love. He uh, does The Flash. He, you know, I, I what I really admire about Kevin Smith is how out there he is. Like he, I don't mean out there crazy. I mean out there is and he just shares everything with the world. You feel like you know him. I feel like he's like a friend of mine among, along the years. You have have every single thing he can, if he has a shit he kind of tells you. You know, he's he's real open. Well, that's very- not fair, because when I say, I'm going to have a poo, you're like, no, don't tell me. But if Kevin tells you, it's fine. Just an example. Well, you know, You know what I'm saying. And, like, how you know, Hollywood people and stuff, like, when they have a heart attack, how many of them film a live video from inside <laughs> their hotel, in, inside their hospital room, telling everybody how they are? Nobody. They're all private, aren't they? And nobody puts themselves out there like that. He just really does like it. He seems to care about what his fans think and he he said to his wife i've just got to get this out there because people are going to be worried about like i'm a dead or you know so um i mean that makes you a narcissist but still yeah so get well soon mr kevin smith definitely um and you know get back to uh making good movies for he's you. going to be making a new <laughs> jay and silent bob movie later this year he says so we'll see how that turns out so what's your advice said talk my advice is know when to walk away, know when to walk away, know when to run. No, not the gambler song. Know when to walk away. Like, for example, my mother a couple few weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, fell, cracked her pelvis bone. She's 76 years old. She was in Mexico. They live in Mexico in the winter. She then couldn't, wasn't able to fly, and now then she was able to fly and come all the way home. She's got a walker. I mean, we're talking about a woman who you cannot get down. You cannot bring her down. She's got a positive attitude no matter what. She'll get a little feisty with you, but you can't drag her down. She has a high pain tolerance. She suffers nothing. She will just plow through anything, and she doesn't like people hovering over her. So, of course, my sister and I go immediately when she's getting home. What do you need? What can we do? We make the house a little more walker-friendly so she can shuffle around because she refuses to sit down and let us do stuff for her. This morning, my (laughs) sister said, how about if I make us breakfast? No, I'm cooking breakfast. I can get my ass in the kitchen. So she did. And by the end of the couple of hours, and we were there yesterday evening and, you know, making, going to the store and getting stuff. And I said, I think you need to be alone because you're starting to get irritated and you're starting to get snotty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> with everybody. She said, yes, I do. I just need to be alone. I've had somebody with me the whole time, and it's wonderful, and I love people caring about me, but I need my space. And so while my mother is still shuffling, shuffling around with a walker, can't get down the stairs, she lives in a house that everything's upstairs. There is no... She can't get out of the house. She can't go downstairs alone. She has to have two people, basically, one in front and one in back. Um... And then she needs the walker at the end. So there's no just hopping in the car and going. She can't drive even for months, probably. Um, But I knew when it was time to walk away. And not to, like, baby her or just be, like, in the back room going, You need anything? You want anything? Uh, You want anything? Uh, You need anything? Because that would drive her insane. Other people, like I have a sister, the sister who was there, she's going to go back and, like, stay for a few days. And I don't feel like that's the best option unless my mom is down like down you know where she couldn't you know get to the toilet or anything anymore or take her own shower or whatever um that would be different but she's not she's sort of in the middle there 
And I think a lot of people have a tendency to want to make themselves feel important by doing the, oh, I, oh, I spent all weekend, you know, doing this or that at the, whatever, for somebody or whatever. I only tell you that I went to look over my mother, make sure she was all right, because it's a practical thing that you need to do. She knows I love her. And even if I hadn't gone there, she wouldn't care. You know, it's just one of those things. You just check on her. Plus, my father died last year. So I guess, you know, I think, eh, I've only got one left. <laughs> so, you know, soak up what I can do for her while I can. But a lot of people think they want to give the impression that they're needed and important and then makes them feel important by caring for someone who's even just got a cold or some shit. You know, like, I'm not that person. I just think... If I'm in that position, unless I literally can't do anything for myself, I want everyone to just leave me alone. And if I need something, I'll ask. But there are people who are offended by that. Like, oh, fine, fine. Then I won't help you at all. And I'll be like, that's fine. Then don't. But you you know what I'm saying. There are the types of people. So Sorry. my advice is, if you're in a situation where someone needs you because they desperately can't do things for themselves, that's a different situation. If it's a middle ground... You know, don't baby them. Don't be too much. Just walk away or walk far enough away where you're... Even today before I left, I go, you need to have your phone on your little walker here somehow. We need to hang a little, hang it on the in case you fall or get stranded, you know. Oh, that's a great idea. So she had this little tiny red velveteen bag. So we <laughs> dropped her cell phone in there and then I found this little like clothespin clippy thing and we just clipped it to the front. So now when she's scooting along, her little little red velvet bag is swinging back and forth with her cell phone. Nice. I know. It's like comical. It's that juxtaposition thing, you know? Where she may not ever fully recover from a cracked pelvis and torn muscles and torn ligaments. I'm sure up in her groin area it's really bad still, you know, she's some pain and all that. But... Then the funniness is seeing my mom in her nightgown, shuffling around with her little cell phone, swinging around, and then saying, oh, I'm going to go out and sit in the sunshine after you girls get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) So she's going to get herself out on the deck, sit in the sun, which she loves, i.e. that's why they live in Mexico in the winter. And um, at that point, I know she's fine. And if something does happen, her man, Jack, like my stepfather, but not, they're not married, um... Knows who to call. He would call his children who were there, and then she can call us. So, you know, I don't feel that, like, constant worry. I'm just not that person. It's I, very freeing. So, um, I want to remind you about uh, com and SidTalk.com. You can visit them. One's my site, one's SidTalk's. You can also catch us on social media, Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the Google Play Store, the iTunes Music Store, you can also catch it on uh, TuneIn. If you've got a Amazon device, you can say whatever wakes your Amazon device up and say, listen to the After the Show movie podcast on TuneIn, and it will play you the latest episode. You can also f- catch this podcast now on YouTube, AscullyCom, or just search for After the Show movie podcast on YouTube and you'll find it. And I put a new page onto Ascully.com this week. It's Ascully.com slash subscribe. And you can go there, and there are links... Um, to every way you can listen to this show. And it will link you directly and take you. Uh, if you've got iTunes installed, it will subscribe you. It's very easy. Just go to aschoolie.com slash subscribe. Email feedback to me at Don't email Sid Talk. Um, I mean, you can, but, you know, it's not right. <laughs> get you very far. No. <laughs> and with it being the weekend of the Oscars, stay classy. The Academy Awards Please. itself. 
try to stay classy. And hopefully Jimmy Kimmel keeps it classy tomorrow night. And we'll talk about it some more next week. Correct. And I'm going to say think for yourself or somebody's probably doing it for you.